gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages. Welcome back to My Two Cents Podcast. This is episode 110, which is entitled Looked After. I am your host, G2. And before I get into today's topics, let me read you off the National Food Days of the Week. Today being January the 22nd, it is Southern Food Day as well as Blonde Brownie Day. January the 23rd, it will be Rhubarb Pie Day as well as just regular pie day. January 24th, Lobster Theramod Day as well as Peanut Butter Day. January 25th, Irish Coffee Day. January 26th, Peanut Brittle Day. January 27th, it is Chocolate Cake Day. And to round it off, January the 28th, it is Blueberry Pancake Day. Now, you know how I usually do. I got to give off some condolences. And this week is light. It's only two people. And the first person is David Crosby. He was a founding member of the Birds, as well as Crosby, Stills, and Nash. Crosby died at the age of 81. A cause of death has not been revealed at the time of this recording. Um, he happened to pass away Wednesday night, according to an in-law of the singer, which told New York Times, but no further detail has been provided. 81 seems about the right time, but I don't know if the man dealt with an illness or not, so I do want to wish his family, his friends, and his uh, loved ones um, my condolences for his passing, as well as this week, the wrestling community, they lost a wrestler by the name of Jay Briscoe. He died at the age of 38, and... Uh, I gave Jay Briscoe a tribute to the best of my ability on my Saturday episode. If you want to listen to that, um, you can go to that episode. But I do want to at least pay acknowledgement to him passing away, at least on my Sunday episode as well. So I want to wish condolences to his family and his friends and his loved ones in his community as well. So uh, rest in peace to Jay Briscoe. Now with condolences out of the way, let's get on to the first topic here. And this basically just giving off some updates. And the first update I want to talk about is... Uh, the war in Ukraine still. Um, this comes from the Insider. As it reports, top U.S. general says Ukraine war has become an absolute catastrophe for Russia. Estimating it suffered significantly well over 100,000 casualties. Chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff, General Mark Miley, on Friday said that Russia has really suffered a lot in Ukraine and urged Russian President Vladimir Putin to end the war. The Russian casualties, last time I reported out on it in public, I said was well over 100,000. I would say it's significantly well over 100,000 now, Miley said at a news conference alongside Defense Secretary Lloyd Austin in Germany, providing a slight update on a figure the top U.S. general offered in November. Miley said that the tremendous amount of casualties suffered by Russia included regular military and also their mercenaries, in the Wagner Group and other type forces that are fighting with the Russians. Putin could end this war today, Miley said. It's turning into an absolute catastrophe for Russia. Ukraine has also suffered tremendously, Miley added. You know that there's a significant amount of innocent civilians that have been killed in a result of the Russian actions. The Russians are hitting civilian infrastructure. There's a significant amount of economic damage, a significant amount of damage to the energy infrastructure and the Ukraine military has suffered a significant amount of casualties themselves. This is a very, very bloody war and there are significant casualties on both sides, Miley said. 
going on to say that sooner or later negotiations will have to occur to bring the conflict to a conclusion. I hope it does. I hope that a well, a talk between both Zelensky and Putin can put this crap all to bed. And just to think, we're almost coming up on a whole year since Russia decided to attack the Ukraine like people in their land over Ukraine does not wanting to ride with Russia anymore. I believe that was how this whole thing even began. I believe Zelensky pulled out of something and Putin wasn't happy. And that's how this whole crap just started. And again, reading over that there's well over 100,000 casualties because of this war. This is disgusting. This is completely unnecessary. I hope, again, somebody in Putin's camp can try to elbow him and nudge him into the direction of, hey, yo, don't you think we've lost enough people on our side? Don't you think that people have lost enough on the Ukraine side? Come on now, dog. This is enough. War is meant for war basis if somebody's attacking us and doing that. That's what war is all about. Well, at least that's what they'd be teaching children in these schools. Something big happens to somebody in another land because of somebody attacking them. That's why you always go into war if some type of talking resolve couldn't be made. That's why war happens. But for this, Putin just, well, he didn't like that Zelensky pulled out. So he decided to attack. It just doesn't make any sense still to this day of that. For you to be the head figure of a country and you attack a smaller country because their president decided to pull out of a deal that you and him made. It doesn't make sense. You could easily just have a conversation and talk to him about, hey, why'd you pull out? That's not good. You need to go right back with me. Da 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 da. Something of that magnitude instead of, okay, you pulled out? Okay, time for us to go to war now. This doesn't make sense. It doesn't add up. I hope that the people in Ukraine are doing well to the best of their abilities. I know it's still crappy over there. Because you guys are dealing with making sure missiles doesn't hit you. And hopefully if uh, you guys are able to move out of the way, you're able to find family members. If you guys are scattered apart. I mean, there's a whole lot of bad stuff going over there in Ukraine just because of this war alone. So I'm hoping that Putin and Zelensky could come to some resolve sooner than later. More than likely on Putin's side. I know Zelensky has been asking now for tanks for the Ukraine to fight against uh, the Russians. I'm not certain if he's going to get that. Maybe he will. Maybe he won't. Only time will tell as weeks will uh, occur. But just want to give you guys a quick update on what's going on in the war between the Ukraine and uh, Russian uh, officials. Now, on to another update I want to give you guys is coming from People. As the article reads, Peyton Hillis discharged from hospital after saving his kids from drowning. Truly a miracle. Peyton Hillis is now out of the hospital and on the mid after saving his kids from drowning, his sister Haley Davis posted on Facebook, her brother Peyton Hillis has been in the hospital since January 4th when he was taken by a helicopter and placed on ventilator in the ICU after saving his kids. Peyton's sister would give an update on Thursday saying that everything health-wise is looking good and has all improved for Peyton Hillis and called his progress truly a miracle. So he's off, well he's out of the hospital and he's on the mid, so I think they're not saying he's technically stable, but everything is still looking in the upward direction for Peyton Hillis, and I'm, again, incredibly happy for that, because, again, a father having to save their kids from the ocean, and they could have potentially died there in the ocean, that would be a real tragic uh, occasion to have happen, but it didn't, so I want to say uh, congratulations to Peyton Hillis for doing that, and also congratulations to the Hillis family for uh, Peyton to now 
be on the mend, and they just got to look after him just a little while longer to make sure he's still uh, recovering well and make sure he still has all his faculties and make sure he's going to be good uh, later down the line. But this is still good news here. At least he's uh, out of the hospital and he's fine. Now to the next update that I wanted to provide you guys with, as this comes from the Associated Press, and it's the six-year-old who shot his teacher. Um, the family has gotten a lawyer. The lawyer has stated that the kid has an acute disability and that one of his parents usually would accompany him in class but did not the week of the shooting that occurred. The family attorney, James S. Ellison, he will put out a public statement from the family to everyone and his statement would read, our family has always been committed to responsible gun ownership and keeping firearms out of the reach of children, said the family, which was not identified. The firearm our son access was secured. The statement did not elaborate further on whether the 9mm handgun was kept or what they meant by secured. Ellison, the lawyer, told the Associated Press by phone Thursday evening that his understanding is that the gun was in the mother's closet on a top shelf that was well over six feet high. The weapon also had a trigger lock that required a key similar to a bike lock. Regarding how the child may have gotten access to the gun, Ellison said, we don't know. Regarding the disability, the family said the boy was under a care plan at the school that included his mother or father attending school with him and accompanying him to class every day. The family said the week of the shooting was the first week when we were not in class with him. We will regret our absence on this day for the rest of our lives. It was unclear what the family meant by accompanying him to class every day and whether that included staying with him during instruction. The statement did not define the boy's disability and it did not explain what his care plan was and whether it was similar to other plans that serve children with disabilities. Ellison said the plan was what is known as an individual educational program or IEP which is provided to students with disabilities under federal law. When asked if the disability was intellectual or behavioral, Ellison said it was all of the above. Ellison said the boy's parents had been accompanying him to class for a number of weeks. He said he believes that a parent would sit with him during class on occasion. And then I guess it was a joint decision between the school and the parents that this was no longer necessary, Ellison said. So right now we're trying to figure out how did the kid get the gun? Why was the parents not there with him anymore? I don't know what the deal is. This is just me still bringing you guys just an update to this. And the hospital that was treating the teacher that got shot, they would also state that the teacher has been released earlier that week and they will release that statement on a Thursday and she is continuing outpatient care. So the teacher, she's on her way to recovery. Hopefully the teacher uh, doesn't have to remember this. I know she's going to remember it for at least a good solid bit, but hopefully as time goes by, um, she will not have to carry this burden of remembering a student shooting her in the chest. And I think this is still going to be one of those situations where Teachers are going to have to check uh, students, like pat them down and then check their book bags. It still is weird to me how the school did state that, yo, they got a notice and how they checked the students' book bags. But they don't know how the gun got into the situation, how the, the gun just basically bypassed them with the whole situation. So the six-year-old must have carried it on him. I'm just thinking it. I'm not certain how he did it but he carried it on him somehow. He was able to bypass the book bag situation. So was it in his 
big jacket that he had on? Did he have it tucked inside of his pants? I don't know how any of this stuff even goes down. I just hope that the metal detectors that's going to be uh, enforced in that school district, especially in that school, actually picks up on weapons like this and other materials. Because again, a weapon like a gun, it can cause harm, but it has to be let off first by somebody for it to cause harm. And in this instance, it was a six-year-old kid. Again, nobody knows how this thing even came about. But we do know that the teacher is out of the hospital. She's outpatient care. I'm glad she's on her way to recovery. And I'm glad we're finally getting some type of statement from the family somehow. Give us something. And I want the school district to look into that school. I really do. Because if you mean to tell me you guys got a notification about a gun coming to that school, right? And then somehow the parents are not there that week. There's something not right here with this, in my personal opinion. Now, people might be saying, Gerald, that's a little bit conspiracy bag that you're going into. I don't care. It just sounds weird that, remember the previous uh, updates that people would hear about this stuff, hear about from this instance, was that the school knew about somebody wanting to bring a gun or whatever type of weapon, and that would made people get their book bags checked. But somehow the parent for this kid did not go with them this week, well, that week of the shooting, it's just all too coincidental for me. But again, this is just me throwing something out there. I don't know what did happen. I don't know what truly did go down. I'm just throwing it out there for somebody to probably connect the dots if they want to do look into that. So that's just me, but I'm glad that the teacher is uh, safe and on her way to recovery. Now off to the next topic, as this comes from Reuters, as the article would state, Colorado police, paramedics, plead not guilty to homicide in Elijah McClain death. The article would state that three Colorado police officers and two paramedics pleaded not guilty on Friday to homicide charges in the 2019 killing of Elijah McClain, a black man subdued by police, placed in a chokehold, and injected with a sedative, though he was neither armed nor suspected of a crime. Authorities for all five defendants entered pleas of not guilty to manslaughter, criminal negligent homicide and other charges the arraignment was in adams county the jurisdiction where the killing took place okay i think everybody knows what this is about if people don't remember there was a black kid walking home from a convenience store in 2019 he got stopped because a nosy person in the neighborhood where the man was walking they got uh suspicious of him so the police got called police was uh roughing him up he ends up getting took down, chokehold, gets hit with a uh, shot of some type of sedative. He ends up dying at the hospital days later. And that's what this whole thing is coming about. Now, the family was awarded $15 million in 2021 from the city of Aurora for that situation, which was a civil rights lawsuit. But now with this, the people that actually did the killing of Elijah McClain, they're actually now going to be having their day in court. The judge that's presiding over this case has ordered the cases be split three ways. Two of the officers, Jason Rosenblant and Randy Roadman, they will be standing trial together starting July the 11th. The two paramedics will go on trial August the 7th. And Nathan Woodyard, the person who actually applied the chokehold on Elijah, will stand alone on his own trial starting September the 18th. 
I hope each person in this thing gets some type of time. I really do hope they get found guilty because, again, this whole situation should never have happened. I go and say that about every week whenever a death occurs, which should have never happened. I think we all, as a human society, whenever you look at instances and you look at the videos of police just harassing people, you always say, that shouldn't have happened. That shouldn't have happened. This right here, this is another one. This shouldn't have happened. And I just hope that the jury for when all these three cases come about, they all are going to find every single person in this situation guilty for their part that they play in the Elijah McLean death. That's all I'm hoping for. If not, I know that uh, the system has been corrupted, but the system's always been corrupted. It's always about whether the pendulum will either swing towards right or will swing towards wrong. So we'll all just have to wait and see whenever the first trial starts, which again, the state is July the 11th. Now, on to another topic, which has some uh, charges finally being brought up to people. As this comes from the New York Times, Alec Baldwin will be charged with involuntary manslaughter and rust killing. On Thursday, prosecutors would say that they will charge him with two counts of involuntary manslaughter and the killing of cinematographer Helena Hutchins, 42, saying they believe he had a duty to ensure the revolver was safe to handle. We're trying to definitely make it clear that everybody's equal under the law, including A-list actors like Alec Baldwin, Andrea Reeb, a special prosecutor appointed by Santa Fe County's district attorney to help handle the case said in an interview. And we also want to make sure that the safety of the film industry is addressed and things like this don't happen again. The film's armorer, Hannah Reed, who loaded the gun that day and was responsible for guns on the set, will also be charged with two counts of involuntary manslaughter. The film's first assistant, David Halls, who handed Mr. Baldwin the gun, agreed to a plea deal on a charge of negligent use of a deadly weapon. The criminal charges Mr. Baldwin now faces came as a surprise to many in the film industry and were strongly disputed by his legal team. A lawyer for Mr. Baldwin said the prosecutor's decision distorts Helena Hutchins' tragic death and represents a terrible miscarriage of justice. Mr. Baldwin had no reason to believe there was a live bullet in the gun or anywhere on the movie set, his lawyer said in a statement on Thursday. He relied on the professionals with whom he worked who assured him the gun did not have live rounds. We will fight these charges and we will win. Do I think that Alec Baldwin will win this? Maybe. If I'm going to be honest with you, maybe, because I don't think no jury, if this thing does go to trial to a certain situation, is going to say that, okay, the actor who is going to be portraying a character should be held responsible for a gun that somebody hands them. I just want to break that down to you one more time. An actor who is performing a job is going to be held responsible for a gun that they did not load up themselves, that they did not do anything themselves. They just got handed it, and they were set to perform a job, and it goes off, bang, kills someone. I don't think a jury's going to give Alec Baldwin anything. I think his lawyer's probably going to get this whole thing thrown out, if I'm going to be honest with you. Um, for the film's armorer, Hannah Reed, I think she might be literally going to be facing those involuntary manslaughter charges personally because she was the person that's supposed to be handing uh over the guns not handing over but like taking control of the guns uh doing stuff for the guns doing stuff with it like the weapons that were used for the film she's supposed to be in control of that she's supposed to 
know what goes into them, what's not supposed to be in it, what's a live round, what's not a live round, all that type of stuff for the safety precautions of the people around the film set. That was her job. And to be honest, just blunt, she failed at it. She doesn't know how a freaking live bullet got into the gun. So again, this is kind of on the film armorer situation here. This is all on her. Now, people are going to say Alec Baldwin still should get charged because he let the gun off. It went off in his hand. Sure, if that's what you're holding on to and clinging on to, fine. We can do that all day. Me, personally, just looking at it with a logical mindset. I don't, I don't see it. I don't. Personally, I do not. I don't see how Baldwin is held responsible for this in any form of capacity. Again, he was a man that was just handed a gun, which in a film is not supposed to be a real gun. If they get a real gun, let's play like this, it's not supposed to have a real live bullet in there. They're supposed to have some uh, film way of blanks or some type of rubber bullet if they have rubber bullets or whatever the crap they need to do for a gun to make it look real and shoot out real. They know the ways of how to work it into a movie. Let's not get it stupid here. Baldwin has worked in the movie industry for a long time. He comes from a whole, like, brothers or actors. I'm not even sure if his father is one, but his brothers are actors. And he knows how the whole film industry works with this type of situation. And I don't think nobody would think that, okay, Alex Baldwin shot a woman. Even though it was on accident, he knew that there was a live uh, bullet in the gun. No. Now, when I looked up involuntary manslaughter, here's what pulled up. Involuntary manslaughter means the killing of another human being unlawfully, but unintentionally. So what that means is that you kill somebody by accident. That's basically what I'm reading at here. Um, so if we're going to go by that legal definition. Yeah, sure, they might get Baldwin on that, or they at least could charge him with it. But do I think he's going to be found guilty of this? It's all going to come down to the jurors and if somebody's going to be a stickler with it. If we're going to come down to common sense practice, I don't see how Baldwin could be, like, found guilty of this. I think the armorer, the film armorer, Hannah, is going to be labeled with this and actually be found guilty of this if this thing goes to court. But, again, we're just going to have to wait and see as this uh, situation plays out in court when the time comes about or if it ever does get to court and it just doesn't get thrown out. Only time will tell. But, again, I'll be here waiting for the news to break, and then once it does, I'll come up onto this program, and I will let you guys know what is going down. Now, on to the next topic. I want to talk to you guys about something. Last week, I talked to you guys about nepotism babies, and just a short brief, if you guys didn't listen to it, one, I would suggest you should, but I'm going to give you a short brief of it. Nepotism babies are children that are celebrities' children, and they're now in a profession that they got more than likely because of their last names. Allison Williams is an actress, but she got there because of opportunities that she was afforded to her because she was uh, Brian Williams or whatever man's name is on the news, uh, daughter. People would say uh, Jamie Lee Curtis. She's a actress. She comes from a Hollywood family. Tom Hanks kids. You get the drift here where I'm getting at. And... I went on a whole rant last week, basically not a rant, but I just talked about how celebrity kids, they just need to acknowledge that, hey, yes, I got into this situation more than likely because of my last name. My last name played a part, but I am working my tail off 
to maintain the spot. But yes, I did get to this position because of my last name. I said that and I stand by that. If celebrity kids were to say that, guess what? They take all the power away from all the naysayers and that's it. That's all. Now, after I published that episode last Sunday, I'm chilling with my family. I look online and an article popped up about, uh, what's her name? Marie Osmond. Marie Osmond talked about how she's not leaving her kids an inheritance because she believes that would breed uh, laziness and entitlement. So I felt a type of way about that. So I had to look up more celebrity that are not going to leave their kids nothing. And this comes from uh, Us Magazine, and they got a list of people that are not leaving their kids nothing. Let me just run you down the list a little bit. Anderson Cooper is not leaving their kids nothing. Don McLean isn't leaving his kids nothing. Daniel Craig isn't leaving his kids anything. Gordon Ramsay, they have Marie Osmond up here. Ashton Kutcher, Sting, Gene Simmons. Those are the people that so far they got listed, but there's probably a lot of other people in Hollywood they got children that are going to be left with absolutely nothing. I think Bill Gates even said he isn't leaving his kids nothing. I want to tell you all something right now. And for the California listeners that are listening to this, because I look at my algorithms, you're listening. And I say California because this is all Hollywood stuff. People in New York, if you haven't listened to this too, people in Texas, people in Florida, because these are the hotbeds of the United States here. All you celebrities, somehow, if you happen to listen to this one snippet, I want you guys to know, you guys are some selfish SOBs if I've ever heard it in my life. You guys decide to not leave your kids anything when you pass away. Why? You guys think it's going to breed laziness and <laughs> entitlement. Let me break this to you. Your kids did not ask to be here. You understand? You breeded kids. Just how you were bred on this earth, you weren't asked to be here. Your kids didn't ask to be here. There's a lot of kids that never asked to be here, but they're here, and they got to make do with what life hands them. You worked your tail off to give your kids a good life, which you should do because you are a parent, and that's what a parent's supposed to do. You're supposed to breed your kids into a good life. Why are you going to make it hard for them once you leave and not leave them anything. Why? Please break that down to me. You say laziness. No, it's called you instill in your kids hard work at a young age. You take them around to do some chores. You start them off with that. And then guess what? After that, you take them around to your freaking movie sets or your music sets or whatever it is that you as a profession work on. And then guess what? If they say at a young age, Leo, listen, I don't want to do that. I want to do this. Guess what? You take them to what they want to do and you stay with them on that project. You make sure they don't quit that project because guess what? You got to instill with them. Hey, you want to start this? You can't quit it. We're going along all the way through and through. Okay? Because if you allow your kid to quit, guess what you're doing? You are enabling them. That's your first mistake. You're never supposed to enable a kid in that situation. If they want to do something, you go with them until they do it. And guess what? They got to do it all the way. No harm, no foul, no quit, no nothing. Constantly do it because guess what? You want to do it. I'm instilling you hard work and dedication into this. Freaking uh, Amanda just passed away last year. David A. Arnold. 
He talked about how his one of his daughters didn't like something and they had to put her into something and she did not like it. But growing older and constantly going to this thing, she ended up enjoying it and she told her parents, you know what? I'm glad you guys put me in this. I enjoy it. Thank you. You guys got to constantly ride your kid on that and that instills in them hard work and dedication. You guys seem to me, you guys are failing as parents and not putting in the hard work with your kids. That's what you're telling me when you tell me that you're not going to leave them anything. If you're not going to leave your kid anything, you failed as a parent because you're making their life way more difficult when you leave. Why? You guys bred them in a life of comfort. And now when you happen to so much die and they're probably an adult or some of you might die when them niggas are teenagers, you're leaving them with nothing. I hope that you guys change that attitude and that you change your mindset on that. But certain people are hard-headed in that. I'm going to say this right now. College does not give these kids a lot of opportunities. A lot of normal kids aren't going to get these opportunities to become make it rich and all this type of stuff. Some of them are going to be joining networking and doing all this type of stuff and still won't be able to get a job out the butt because guess what? It ain't in the cards for them. Some of them will be literally taking regular Walmart, Target, Kmart, all these regular jobs that require no degree while they're going to a college because they're trying to get a degree. All these kids. And you might say, well, Gerald, what does that have to do with celebrity kids? Well, let me hit you with this. Certain celebrity kids go to college. And guess what? They go out for a profession. And guess what? Certain celebrities might say, hey, yo, you know that profession ain't doing nothing, right? And kids, being hard-headed, which they will be, they're still going to go headstrong into said thing. And then once it comes to fruition, that their degree might not make it or might not be anything that is worth anything. Guess what? You as a parent, you're going to say, did I tell you that? Didn't I tell you it wasn't going to work? You're going to shame your kid in that, which you're going to do because I get it because parents are going to do that because the kid should have listened in fair play. However, it's up to you as a parent to say, you know what? Hey, you failed at that. Cool, fine. You had your choice. You had your fun. Now you're going to enjoy my profession because you know the tricks of the trade because you've been around me long enough. You might not enjoy it, but guess what? You can know how to make money in this. So hop aboard. You guys failed at that for not doing that with your kids. That's what all I'm hearing with the whole situation of I'm not leaving them nothing. You guys are complete deadbeats in my eyes if you don't leave your kids anything of an inheritance. What's wrong with you? There are regular people out here that are working to the bone to try to leave their kids something. But you guys on that high perch that have money and you guys probably have worked your butts off to reach that high figure status. Or you might suck someone off to get to that high figure status. Just saying, and I don't mean to be that rude and crude, but right now I'm upset right now to even hear about that. You're not going to leave your kid anything. You know how hard it is out here because you think it's going to breed laziness and entitlement. And no, what is wrong with you? What's wrong with you? You slept with somebody to make a child. That was your decision. Now it's up to you to make sure that child is well taken care of. And you might say, well, Gerald, a child is literally from ages from an infant up to 18, and then they go to college to go and get a graduation and all that kind of crap, and then they go out and go into the real world as an adult. No, you dickhead. Your child is still your child. Do you not know how many people get arrested 
on a basis that might be 35 and a parent has to go over there to get their kid out of jail. Because guess what? That's their child. That's their kid. In a parent's eye, your child is still your child. That's still your baby, dickhead. This infuriates me how I even have to come on here and really have to say this to adults to say, yo, what are you doing? Leave your kids something. Don't just leave your kid nothing, especially if you got it. You're going to throw your money to charity. How about this? Throw half your money to charity since you want to throw it away. Go and give half of it to charity. Give the other half to your kid. How about that? Give your kid something. Leave them an inheritance behind. Do that. Because you guys worked for what? You as an adult, what did you work for? You guys worked for to give your kids a better life. Your kids know this life because guess what? You worked for it. Because guess what? If you didn't want this type of life that you guys got, you guys would have went to McDonald's. You guys would have did your job for free. You guys would have did all these things. But no, a paycheck, a hefty fat old paycheck came with it at the end. And guess what you did? You splurged it with your kids. Because guess what? You as a parent, guess what you're going to do? You're going to splurge on your kids. That's what you're supposed to do. As a parent, your job is to look after your kids, to make sure they're good, to make sure they're fed, to make sure they're safe, to make sure they have a straight up roof over their head to make sure and check up on them to make sure that, hey, you good? Make sure their mental is good. Make sure their physical is good. Make sure they're not bruised up and all this type of stuff. You guys are failing at that when you are deciding to leave them nothing. I just do not get it. I am, I am so upset right now to even have to come on here and say this. You guys are older than me. You guys have more money than me. But that does not mean you guys are smarter than me, apparently. It doesn't. I'm just going to call a point blank straight shoot them up. You guys are not smarter than me in this area. Seriously, you're not going to leave your kids in inheritance. No trust funds, no nothing. You guys are dickheads, in my personal opinion. Just off top, straight up. If I could talk to you guys, I would tell it to your face. And I would literally say you guys are dickheads for not leaving your kids nothing. Because you guys failed at being a parent for not instilling in them hard work and dedication. That's what I'm reading whenever I hear all this. Because of laziness? No. No, no, no. You got to instill in your kids something. That seems that you guys are lazy at being a parent. That's what that reads to me. You guys suck. Purity point blank. Suck. Because you guys are too busy working instead of being home and telling your kids and instilling them how to work and do things for themselves just in case, God forbid, you do die and the money that is left won't sustain them. That's what I'm hearing. You guys suck at being a parent. So, lesson for parents. You guys have to teach your kids in the way they should grow up and actually work. And do things for themselves if need be. God forbid you happen to die at a real young age. And they're still going to have to flutter in this life without you. Because you were the breadwinner. Because guess what? If you teach them at a young age. As they grow into teenager. As they go into an adulthood. Guess what? They will carry those skills that they were taught at a young age that you instilled in them and guess what they'll continue on their path and they'll say you know what i respect my mother and father some people right now don't have a dollar to their name 
and their parents might be loaded somewhere, but they don't even ask their parents for money because you want to know why? Their parents instilled in them hard work and all this type of stuff, and they say, you know what? I'm going to get it on my own because I don't want to ask my parents for money because I've been taught in a manner that, you know what? I got to go out there and get it, and that's fine for me. I'll do that. Those are the type of kids that celebrities want, but guess what? For you to have those type of kids, you guys got to instill with them those type of skills. That's all I'm getting at here. Leave your kids an inheritance, point blank and period, but teach them up in a way for them to learn and do things on their own. That's all I'm trying to get at here. Don't yank away the money that you guys have worked for as an adult to what? Just throw away the charity and give none to your kid? It doesn't make sense to me. None of it does. You worked your whole life and then you decide to have kids and you'd be like, well, nah, I'm not going to give away to my flesh, my own seed here. No, I'm going to give away to people that I don't even know. A charity that, okay, cool, is a charity, but yeah, this isn't my seed. This isn't my blood. I'm not going to give it to my blood? Are you out your mind? If I was told by my parents, yo, I'm not leaving you nothing, I'm socking them in the mouth. And I will be yelling so much profanity. Are you out your mind telling me you ain't leaving me nothing? People might say, Joe, that's spoiled and that's entitlement. That's brash of you saying it right now. No, 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 no. Guess what? I didn't ask to be here. Children never ask to be placed on this planet. The same way that you as adults, you guys never asked to be placed on this planet when you guys were kids. But you guys had to deal with it because guess what? You're here now. And guess what? You guys, as parents, when you guys got to an adult age, you guys decided, you know what? I want to have kids of my own. I want to raise up kids and blah, 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 blah. You guys forgot the most simplistic thing. Guess what? You have to look after your child. You have to look after them literally until you're dead and gone. What are we doing here? And it seems to me that these adults are failing at that. Rule number one, look after them. Until you're dead and gone. Legitimately. Doesn't matter how old they get. Look after them. That's just what it is. That's not entitlement. That's not nothing. That's not being spoiled. That's just being common decency. As a person, you have to look after your own blood. That's just what it is. No matter how much you might not dislike them. Because certain parents might dislike their kid. That's just what it is. Certain parents do dislike their child. But hey, guess what? That's still your kid. That is your kid. You got to deal with that. You have to eat that. You birthed it. That is what it is. So for me, personally, you got to take care of that child. Or in a manner, guess what? You tell the kid, hey, yo, you need to straighten yourself up and make them a threat, an idle threat. Don't go through with the threat or go through with it one or the two and see if that will change them. See if that threat will make them realize, hey, yo, I'm probably on my last leg with mom and dad here. I probably got to relax and chill out. And guess what? That might make the kid chill out just by giving him a nice, good threat. That's all I'm getting at here. Teach them up in the way that they can go and actually survive even when you're gone, but you still leave them something behind, dicks. Jesus Christ. I'm sorry for using so much dickheadish type language here, but it's true. This thing gets me upset because as a son, I'm just thinking about, wow, this is disgusting. 
This is literally disgusting. I want to have children of my own later down in life, and I want to leave them something, me personally. And just reading how other people on this planet that are celebrities, that have the money, that have all the status that I don't have, that I, as a regular person, will want to have so I can lead to my kids, they, as a celebrity, they say, nah, screw my kid, I'm going to give it off to charity, or I'm just going to blow it on myself, me and my husband, or me and my girl. What? That's disgusting. That is nasty at its finest. This is disgusting. This really makes me upset and makes my blood boil. Seriously, I want somebody out there that's a celebrity. If you happen to hear this snippet, please email me. My emails are always in the episode description. Give me an email and tell me exactly why you are leaving your kid absolutely nothing when they leave. Did your kid not follow your instructions? Did your kid not listen to you? Did you fail as a parent? What? is it that makes you say that I'm not going to leave my kid nothing? This is a legit open invitation to anybody. It could be regular people. It could be rich people. It could be people in the middle class, people poor. I don't care who it is. This is going out to Paris in general. Email me. Give me something to tell me why you're not leaving your kid nothing or tell me the reason why you're going to leave your kid something if you ever had the chance to leave your kid something. Please, I'm begging to know something what is the mind of a parent in their whole idea of inheritance or leaving something with their kid? Email me. I'm serious. I'm really going to be waiting for somebody's response to this. Now, on to the next topic, as this still follows up for something that I mentioned last week. I mentioned how a man got tased to death last week by the Los Angeles Police Department. So this is now the update to that. As this comes from the Associated Press, Sun seeks $50 million from L.A. for dad's death from stun gun zaps. Lawyers for five-year-old son of a man who died after reportedly being shocked by Los Angeles police with a stun gun following a traffic collision filed a $50 million claim Friday for damages against the city. The legal claim is required before Kenan Anderson's son and a state can sue Los Angeles police for wrongful death and civil rights violations for restraining him and shocking him six times with a taser in less than a minute on January the 3rd. If you taser someone with 50,000 watts of electrical energy six times, is there really any wonder that moments later his heart began to flutter, attorney Carl Douglas said at a news conference. Is there any wonder why four hours later his heart could no longer withstand the pressure from a taser and gave up, leaving a five-year-old boy in his wake? The claim was filed on behalf of Anderson's son, who stood with his mother, Gabriella Hansel, the administrator of his estate, along their attorneys so they're trying to get los angeles for 50 million dollars and i hope that they do get it because when you hear about that 50,000 watts six times in less than a minute yo dog you guys are bugging and i talked to you guys how crazy los angeles police was even tasing this guy last week i said that they shouldn't have even done that it doesn't make no sense to me how they just tased the guy after he said that he wasn't restraining themselves again if you do not Want to see something graphic? I don't suggest you to watch the video, but if you have a stomach to tolerate it because you know the ending result, go ahead and watch the man be put down and see him get tased up and see how he was not resisting after the fact that he's already basically cuffed and they're saying quit resisting and he's not resisting. Go ahead and watch the video and see what I'm talking about. And you'll see how this lawsuit or this civil suit right here this family should get $50 million for this because Kenan Anderson, he still should be alive with his five-year-old son right now.
Los Angeles police, they took away a father away from his son. And they should pay for this. So I hope that the family do get $50 million. Seriously, I really, truly do. Also, Flo Rider, he's been awarded $82.6 million after his win against uh, energy drink company Celsius. Uh, I'm going through the article right now. This comes from Insider. He's been awarded $82.6 million after winning a lawsuit against energy drink company Celsius. He claimed that the company had violated conditions of an endorsement deal that ran between 2014 and 2018. On Wednesday, a South Florida jury found Celsius guilty of breaching the deal. The jury also found that the brand had frequently hidden information from Flowrider. Flowrider said in a statement that he had gained a new respect for the judicial system as a result of the ruling. Flowrider will say this was a long journey, but we prevailed. From the start, I only wanted what I worked for, nothing more, nothing less. In a separate statement, Flowrider's attorney said, We said we trust the jury to do the right thing. We trust the verdict, accept the decision of the jury. I'm glad in this case, the jury concluded that Flowrider should get what he worked for. So, Flowrider is going to be getting $82.6 million because the company was trying to hide stuff away from him and they were not trying to pay him what he was worth. And that's crazy for me. You guys, okay, here's the deal. Again, business, business, business. You guys make a deal with somebody, honor the contract. Just honor it. Try to honor it to the best of your ability. If you can't honor it 100% of the way, talk to them. I guarantee you the person that you made a deal with, they have some leeway. They have some wiggle room that you guys can figure some stuff out and actually get together. I guarantee you they would rather take some money than take no money instead of you guys just trying to jip and jab them for absolutely no money the way that you guys do. These big companies, this is nasty. This is terrible. The way that you guys tried to jip Flow Rider for mad years, but he had to go to take you guys to court. Literally, take you to court for money that you guys withheld from him. And now you guys owe Flow Rider, Mr. Get Low, Mr. Apple Bottom Jeans himself, $82.6 million. Oh, yeah, he will be sitting nice and pretty. I ain't gonna hold you. Good job, Flow Rider. Seriously, I'm glad that you're getting $82.6 million. And I want anybody that is getting gypped by any company to be getting the money that they deserve. Because guess what? Any company that gyps you, they should have to pay. And I mean pay out the butt ski. Speaking of companies that might have to pay out the butt later, um, I'm not certain if this company might, but from all the backlash that is receiving this week on social media, it's going to come to a point that, yeah, either one, this company's either going to get shut down or either two. Somewhere down the line, somebody's going to be suing this company. And what I'm talking about is Dana White has a new company out here called Power Slap League. If you don't know what that is, this was a league where nothing but men just stand in one spot and slap the piss out of each other open hand. That's what it is. It was on TBS this week with its debut episode, and it had the whole timeline just eating it up. You had people on Twitter talking about it. I'm not sure Instagram, but just Twitter, because I stay on Twitter a lot. But people were just talking about the slaps that they saw on this show and just people getting just hammered by these slaps. And you will see a guy named Christopher Nowinski, former WWE guy. He graduated from Harvard. He's the guy to end up studying uh, Crispin Wall's brain after he passed away. He ends up talking about how the first guy that got slapped and how he went down, he went into a certain stance 
And to my understanding, that stance can have some long-lasting brain injuries. So for me, when I read that, I was like, oh, okay. So Christian Wondolinski, brain neurologist, a guy that looks at people's brains, he wants people to be safe. He wants people to not partake in this competition anymore and just to boycott this whole situation. I'm going to say this right now. I don't think people are going to boycott it. I think there's certain people that's going to be on the fence with it, but it's just like a car wreck. Whenever you see it, you might say, oh, my God, but your eyes are still going to be panned to it. Say, for example, somebody goes into a bar and this happens to be on television. Somebody might see it and be like, ooh, after the first slap, and then they might be hooked after that, but they inside might say, I want to turn away, but your eyes are saying, no, I'm going to constantly look. That's what power slap is, I believe, to me. Because I never knew about power slap. I didn't know nothing until the commercials came running on. And I was like, oh, okay, so this is what this is about. All right, I'll give it a look. I checked it out. I saw the first slap. I was like, oh, this man went out like a light. And then as you see more of the competition going on, you see certain people have a swelled up face after the slaps. They even do uh, post interviews after the situation is done and you can just see like the swelling on certain people's faces like you see where the hand mark popped them on their face and how strong it was it's just a whole deal of power slap power slap is going to get sued one way or another if this whole thing actually grows legs because ladies and gentlemen i understand people sign waivers and people say do you know what this and that it doesn't matter People are going to sign things and do put their John Hancock on a lot of things. But guess what? Somebody's still going to find a lawyer to sue a certain company or entity if something happens to them catastrophically. And I don't want nobody from this whole thing to get any type of death towards them. But I want people to understand that if you sign on a dotted line for this situation, know what you're getting into. This slapping thing is supposed to be nothing but a joke. It's supposed to be nothing but fun, I believe, because, again, I'm not into that type of situation, but I'm not going to turn away from it, neither. I'm not going to lie to you. If I happen to see somebody get slapped hard, all right, you got my attention now. You have my attention. I'm going to at least watch until somebody gets knocked down or see how far they can go along with this slapping situation. I just want people that are in this situation, in this bubble, Dana White, the presidents, the executive guys, people just working behind the scenes. Be careful because you guys might get sued because somebody ends up getting hurt royally bad. There's a suing coming. Trust me, somebody's going to get sued. If somebody happens to get an eye popped because somebody's fingertips happen to slide by their eye whenever they get slapped, that's going to be a situation. Anything of this matter is going to be a situation, especially whenever people are going to see these clips. People are going to be disgusted by seeing these clips. Because I ain't going to hold you. If you're not used to seeing people get punched in the face, uh, the MMA route, the boxing stuff, or even professional wrestling, how people get cut and see the blood coming out of them. If you're not used to seeing any of those type of things, do not watch Power Slap. Do not watch any of this because you will find out and you will see, like, why are people watching this? What is the attraction to it? Simple. It's brutality. Plain and simple. It's real-life brutality. Two people signing up to do something and just slap the crap out of each other. Human beings, we like brutality. And I have a feeling that, again, Dana White, 
you might get sued for this, brother. Just because people like brutality, that does not mean you do not have some ultimate safety precautions. I'm not saying that you don't. I'm just saying that I can see down the line, pipeline, I don't know if it's going to be a quick lawsuit coming or it's going to be one of the lawsuits that's going to be coming later, later down the line. But a lawsuit is going to be coming your way, my guy. Seriously, unless you really, and I mean 10 toes down, really like ironclad contract and break it down to each person pretending participating in this step by step what the situation is going to be for them down the line because this situation this power slap deal it is going to give people's concussions way faster than football would will do and people might say well football is a dangerous thing football has helmets it has shoulder pads it gives you the right position how to do lock up and do all this type of stuff and that's just what it is Power slap, you have no protection. It's nothing but straight up hand, face contact. That is it. With nothing but full force of slapping, trying to knock somebody out. That's called concussion land. That's called messing your brain up land. Dana White, be careful. Seriously, people in charge of power slap, be careful. People at these slapping events, please be careful. Because I don't want to see nobody pass away over this stupid sport. This thing is not something that you should be able to die for. This is something that you should just be like, okay, I just want to take out my aggression on somebody. I'll sign up to do this. Okay, that's it. And just walk away. That's it. But again, the human body and the human mind, you can say one thing, but people are going to do another. Please be careful out there, people that are doing these competitions and people that are running these things. Please make sure you have excellent medical staff on call at that event constantly because you don't know what one slap could do to somebody. So again, I hope Dana White took safety precautions with this, and I hope that every other person that participated in this knows what they're getting themselves into. And I truly do hope that people that are going to copy this, I hope they know what they're getting themselves into with this type of uh, new sport of slapping people across the face now for the final topic today this one's more of a honoring topic here as it's come from e-news um regina king calls late son ian alexander jr her guiding light in touching tribute regina king is honoring her late son ian alexander jr one year after his passing the oscar winner shared a moving tribute to her only child on what would have been his 27th birthday January 19th is Ian's birthday. Regina wrote on Instagram, as we still process his physical absence, we celebrate his presence. We are all in different places on the planet. So is Ian. His spirit is the thread that connects us. In the post, her first since his death, the actress shared a video of a sky lantern burning bright as it floated through the night. Of course, orange is your favorite color. It's the fire and the calm she continued. I see you in everything I breathe. My absolute favorite thing about myself is being Regina, the mother of Ian, the God King. Continue to shine bright, my God in light. Um, that was a touching uh, tribute that she gave to her son. Her son uh, passed away last year. Uh, he self-transitioned um, last year. And again, nobody knows what anybody's going through. I don't know how Regina Hall is still coping with this after losing her son um, a year ago. It seems that she's trying to just take it one day at a time, just like every other parent would be doing in certain situations like this. But it's great that she's able to put out a touching tribute 
to her son and honor him in this way. So again, I want to give my condolences to Regina King and her um, ex-husband, Ian Alexander Sr., the father of Ian Alexander Jr. And I give my condolences to anybody that's lost loved ones this past week, this past month, years before, and going into the years forward, because everybody has uh, a time when they're going to be leaving this planet. We just don't know when it's going to be called up. So if you guys could today, being Sunday, um, I want you to go to the people that you love and hug them, text them, call them, have conversation with them. Even if it's a nothing conversation, just talk to them because you will get the feeling that, hey, this feels nice just being on the phone with you. Even though we're talking about absolutely nothing or saying absolutely nothing and it's just dead silent, just to know that I was able to contact you and communicate you is going to feel good with you. Trust me, it might not feel good at the moment because you might be saying, oh my God, this is a tedious task. But trust me, you're going to have these moments whenever the time comes. God forbid when the time comes when uh, somebody's uh, number gets called and it's time to check out. So if you could, go to your loved ones, hug them, say you love them, and just be in that embrace with them today um, on a Sunday. So with that all being said, Everybody, I love you all. I thank you. I want to say thank you to Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Podbeam, Audible, all the uh, podcast sites that allow me to constantly be on their sites. Because without them, there'll be no way for me to give you guys these uh, podcasts. And as well, you the downloaders, the listeners. I want to thank you guys for constantly downloading episodes each week. And I hope you guys are taking away something from the episodes every single week. If it's not something big it could be just something small I hope you guys are taking away something and having a conversation with either people at work or your family or just your significant other I hope you guys are having some type of uh, dialogue with them about something that you guys probably just heard about on the podcast hope you guys are but uh yeah I want to say thank you guys now with that being said always remember I love you I love you I love I love you guys. I truly do mean that from the bottom of my heart. I thank you. I love you. This isn't goodbye. This is until you hear from the sweet sounding voice again. He is I and I am him. I have been G2. This has been my two cents podcast. If you want to listen to the wrestling episode, it's on the Saturday. Uh, it's up there. Yesterday was posted, so it's still there, but you get the drift. You can listen to it now, but if you don't, I'm cool with that too. I always deliver episodes every Saturday and Sunday. You always will get it. So with that being said, I love you all. I thank you. Have a great Sunday. Don't be a dick on these roads. Uh, be respectful to everyone that you can cross. Lead forward with a foot of kindness. And you might get that kindness received back to you. And even if not, just continuously be kind to everyone that you come in contact with today and this incoming week. So with that, this has been my Two Cents Podcast. Hosted by G2. He is I and I am him. I love you all. I thank you. Hey, Kanye, could you please take these people home? I'm tired. You tired. Uh-huh. Jesus wept. Uh-huh.